Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful.com. It is 420, April 20th, 2023. Let's talk about some Impact Wrestling. I am at Joel Pearl. I am joined, as I am weekly, by the number one, my ride or die, my favorites. Cresta Stars here. Hey, Cresta, how are you? I am nearing almost singularity. My birthday is in 12 days. It is 420. It's the start of Taurus season. So be prepared. I am excited. I am here. And what a good show of Impact tonight. What did you think of it, Joel? So I said it on the crossover, and of course, again, if you're listening in audio, I don't include the crossover in our banter, because I want you to listen to it exclusively on YouTube. Uh, I'm tired today. I saw all of this before on Monday when they taped it. Obviously, I didn't see any of the backstage segments. Those are always kept from the crowd, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the matches and also having a, a segment be a main event means I saw like 80% of what they showed tonight already. And I'm just, I'm glad that I did. Um, because it was a fine show, but like watching it back a second time, I didn't need to watch it a second time. Put it like that. I had notes. I knew what I saw. I knew what I liked. I knew what I didn't like. There was a lot more good than bad, but this was very much a cleaning up after rebellion show, celebrating the new winners, the new champions, and then like hinting at stories, but not going anywhere just yet because we're fresh off of a pay-per-view. Uh, so that's how I felt. How did you feel about it, Cresta? I thought. The whole show itself was cool. I enjoyed it. I liked it. My only complaint is, like we said in the crossover as well, I did not like the whole PCO being Macklin's first challenger. Now that I've had some time to think about it, it's not that I think that the match is going to be bad. I don't like the idea of it being A, so predictable, B, not for nothing, I feel like there are there's younger Canadian talent on your roster that you could have utilized in this situation to put the eyes on someone. Not saying that PCO was bad by any stretch of the imagination, but me personally, I don't want to see that. Maybe there's a but that's a, that's a rude thing to say. Let me rephrase that. I think there's a better use of both men's time. We're going to talk about it more, but I'll tell you this much, I. I don't mind it because I know 
that this is the first title defense for Macklin. Uh So I, I'm willing to just let this be a story that comes and goes and whatever happens to PCO next. Cause again, I don't expect him to win the title right off of Macklin's big win. Uh-huh. Um, I, I expect whatever happens next is going to be PCO story and not Macklin. They're going to keep setting up big challenges for Macklin leading to this Nick Aldis, Steve Macklin pay-per-view match, which probably won't happen until Slammiversary. And that's not until August, uh, July, mid-July. So you got plenty of time until then. You got to tell a few stories here. I mean, but if, if we're talking about continuing PCO's story, that man's about to get cheated out his boots by Eddie Edwards and Lish because Lish just really ran down on Scott Demore tonight looking ahead, saying, why don't you do something about this PCO problem? And now PCO's getting a world champion title shot? I think not. I think absolutely not. You know what I mean? So it, it does give the air of predictability, which can be fun, but I, you know, put a little razzle dazzle on it. And plus it is coming off of his big win. So whoever he would have named everyone's eyes, the impact faithful, if you will, our eyes would have been on that person. So again, I just think it'd be a, there's a better person to warm that up to, to even, even if it is a loss, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I just don't know who that could have been. If they wanted it to be a Canadian. There's no other face Scott Demore. Scott is not going to work an impact <laughs> main event. Stop it. Stop it. But what I don't want you to stop right now is leaving a thumbs up on this video. Go ahead and do that if you're watching on youtube.com slash Fightful. If you're listening to us in the audio realm, please, please, please. And thank you. Leave us a five-star review. Do that on all the shows. Well, do that for all the shows because it's really for the channel. Uh, show us some support. We appreciate that. I see Speedball is being shouted out in the chat. Yeah, Speedball and Macklin is down the line. I know that for sure. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, and by the way, you can donate a super chat to say stuff like Speedball and get it read on the air because we love you and we love it when you support us financially. If you can, that little dollar sign at the bottom of the chat here on YouTube, any amount, get your question statement read on the air. Or you can head over to humperchats.com, Cresta, tell them why. When you head over to humperchats.com, you can write anything you want in those comments, but keep it cute or else me and Joel will call me break your legs. Go to humperchats.com. We keep a little bit more of the donation. Get your chat read on air. We love it. Sean loves it. Keeps the lights on. Humperchats.com. Ding. Ding. Bing bong. Sorry. (laughs) Bing bong. Fuck your life. <laughs> I was just like, I was just waiting for it. Uh, so we open up BTI with our new best friend, George Iceman. And I said this on the Impact uh, Rebellion post show. Cresta, I, I got to meet George Iceman at Rebellion. Get all the scoops. I got to meet him again on Monday at the tapings because guess who brought me to my VIP seating area seats? Uh- none other than the Iceman himself. Also, you're Hollywood. So long, friend. Soon you will be lost to the ethos. Okay, let me explain this because I know there are people who don't know about Rebel Nightclub as it is. They call it Rebel Entertainment uh, Complex in Toronto. That's where they were taping Impact and that's where Rebellion was held. It's a nightclub. And there's VIP sections that are literally just beyond the seating where you guys were looking at the chairs all night on the TV. Just behind that, it's like VIP seating, which is a bunch of couches and like stripper poles. I'm not even kidding. Stripper poles. There's like, yeah, that's there are stripper poles. All I want to go. Canada sounds fun. This venue <laughs> is wonderful for so many reasons. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I was seated in the couch. I was seated actually, Cresta, at the in the exact same seat 
that I was play that I wasn't even placed that I picked at Rebellion 2019. I think this is when we still liked Tessa Blanchard and her daddy was there. Oh wow, that was like a millennia ago in wrestling years. It was a long time ago, but anyway, I was back in those seats. Which, by the way, they were great seats. Like I, I really had a fun time. And anyway, Mr. Iceman knows about us now. He knows about he knows about what we do. He knows about uh, his, our love for him. And uh, yeah, we we follow each other now on the social media. So clearly that means something. Come on, George Iceman. We're practically best friends. Let's be delusional together. All besties now. That's right. Talking about scoops. We're, we're, giving, we're DMing each other the scoops, George Iceman and I. I. I'm really glad that I got to make that connection. Yeah, Joel, you're him. I'm a lot of things. I don't <laughs> know if him is that. Anyway. <laughs> So, so, so Iceman rehashes the Macklin Demore and all this stuff from Rebellion, everything that went down in the, in that semi-main event. And mm-hmm. then he mentions the changing of the guard ceremony that happens later tonight. And then he says, someone else has their eyes on Macklin. Who could it be? Well, we find out as we've already spoken about it's PCO. And Scott Demore was the one who made sure that their eyes had PCO on them. And then we had a match with Heath and Rhino taking on Jack Price and Shogun. This was the only match that I missed from Monday because I arrived. It's a whole, it's a long story. Wow. Talk about journalistic integrity. Buddy, no, no, no. This venue, as beautiful as it is on the inside, it is the biggest pain in the ass to get to on the outside. If you're, awesome. if, if you're watching this right now and like you can do a split screen or you're on multiple, whatever, just open your Google Maps and search Rebel Nightclub in Toronto and like look at where he where it is in relation to, I don't know, the CN Tower, which is a very central location. It is not I'll do that later. Do I don't it. want to look unprofessional. It's hard. But my point is it's hard to get to. <laughs> so I was late. It happens. Anyway. Uh, I ended up watching this match on BTI because I did want to see it. What I what I did see where Heath and Rhino getting the win uh-huh. live. So I was able to go back and watch it. I loved that this match was like the two teams were evenly matched. You know, Shogun and Rhino have similar builds. Heath and Jack Price are, are smaller than Shogun and Rhino, but, you know, uh-huh. Heath is a little bit bigger given that he just, he's one of those ex-WWE guys. He's he's just, he's imposing. He's he's It's like Cardona. You don't expect him to yeah. be as big as he is compared to everyone else in wrestling. They're both impact gut check guys, our Shogun and Price. They put on a good match with Heath and Rhino. Heath and Rhino ultimately get the win, the gore on Shogun. I want to see Rhino and Shogun have a one-on-one match now because they're so big, meaty men. Oh, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Good. And, and now I guess they're telling the story again where Heath and Rhino are climbing the tag team division. Other than that, was there anything in the match that you liked or didn't like? Big, meaty men slapping meat. I mean, it was a good showing for Shogun, like especially because he really got worked over in the first part of the match, showing that he can be vulnerable. And then there was a part in the second half of the match where him and Rhino were just being real stiff to each other. Like you said, I would love to see them one-on-one with each other. But again, I am a connoisseur of big, meaty people slapping meat. I don't care what you identify. Are you big? Are you meaty? Are you slapping meat? So yes, I thought it was a good match. I was I was sports entertained. I'm reading that Impact is a post show on YouTube now. Where? We are the post show Impact. Oh wow! When? Since when? I don't believe it. And if and if it happens, I don't. I, I'm gonna have to go back. They've had it before. I guess they're maybe they're bringing it back. Are they Are they stealing our thunder? I mean, I, I mean they Impact. they could just they could just hire us. Yes, Daddy, Scotty, Scott, some more. Let's talk. What's going on? 
your what son. You <laughs> I'm right here. I can do the show for you. Anyway, so Heath and Rhino pick up the victory. We'll see where they go in the tag division. And then it's impact time. It's time for the main card. Oh, they're like they're, they're like 12 minutes. Uh, they're, they're post-show. Well, we can do an hour for them as long as they pay us. We last for sure longer. And if you want to last, <laughs> nope, they don't give us any of that, so we don't do it here. Uh, Time Machine <laughs> opens up the show. They're taking on the team of Trey Miguel, Speedball, Mike Bailey, and Jonathan Gresham. Time Machine, of course, are the Motor City Machine Guns at Kushida. I found this match very random. I was very much here for it because it was such a fun match. It was a long match. It was a long match. And, and it didn't feel that way when I watched it live. That being said, I found it very interesting that every single man in this match were losers except for Trey Miguel at Rebellion. That's true. But he did cheat to win. So are you really? No, you are a winner. Cheat to win. If you don't cheat and you lose, you only cheated yourself. That's right. So... Trey Miguel, uh, who was the only winner of this entire group of six men in this match, ended up losing this match because we had to even out everybody. <laughs> I I mean, hate go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I didn't hate it. I actually really love this match, and it does set up uh, some X Division fun in the future. So talk to me about the match. Time Machine does get the win. And what I alluded to before is Chris Saban pinning Trey Miguel, the X Division champion, and they're starting to maybe tease that Chris Saban could be heading off to an X Division Championship match down the line. So I love Trey Miguel, but his ego got the best of him almost at every turn in this match between him. And I mean, even too, just on that side, they were always arguing with the ref. At some point, you don't need to argue with the ref. Focus at the task at hand. Poor Speedball got beat up <laughs> for that first third of the match. They were taking turns. At one point... Um, Kashida and I believe Shelly had speedball where one has his neck in the, and the other one has his legs. And then Saban was running back and forth with a knee to the face. And these two were just arguing with each other about who's going to tag in next. It's like of all the things that are going down. So it's like, I was telegraphed to me that they were going to lose, but that's okay. But also it was like when, um, when Saban kicked Shelly, no, when Shelly kicked Saban in the face when he had Gresham on the outs, I was like, wait a minute, are our time machine just becoming losers? Because they've been on a losing streak. If you include, if you include everything else, they lost, uh, I believe, the IWGP titles the, over that weekend. The New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. My apologies. No, that's fine. Just, there's so there's many a lot of tag titles in New Japan, and this is a New Japan USA title. Yeah, Motor City Machine Guns had a shit weekend, and so did Edward. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but Edward Edward learns how to use shit and turn it into manure and make something grow out of it. He's always in somebody's title scenes. So I respect it at that's some true. level. How he got a match with Kenta for the open weight championship in New Japan. Anyway, let's talk about Time Machine. <laughs> So, yeah, like, I, I thought that for that brief moment that they might lose. But Trey taking the pin is quite interesting. And all I can hear in the back of my mind is justice for Black Taroos. <laughs> he is a great, great bull, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, they um, they had so many fun spots in this match, by the way. I love they just they kept hitting Time Machine did the the arm bar. They just kept doing the the twist your arm spot on Trey. Uh -huh. Every single one of them in a merry-go-round style as Trey's just selling it. I thought that was fun. It was Trey's selling was so good in this. Uh there was a, a stretch fest. It was so much fun. 
Gresham using Shelly's foot to take down Kushida and then bridge him in a German suplex right that after was a that. Beautiful visual. Yeah, really good stuff. They do a triple submission spot that I liked. Uh, it ruled watching it live. You had the hoverboard lock from Kushida on Trey Miguel. You had a single leg crab from Sabin on speedball. And then you had uh, Alex Shelley with the Border City stretch on Jonathan Gresham. And then Trey gets triple teamed again by Time Machine. Uh, Gresham stops them from triple teaming Trey, but it ends up with Speedball ultimately hitting the ultimate weapon on Chris Sabin. But none of that matters because Chris Sabin gets the win, hitting the the cradle shock on Trey Miguel. And I'm if I had to guess, Under Siege is going to be Trey Miguel defending the X Division Championship against Chris Sabin, and I'm here for that. I'm fly, like I don't need Motor City Machine Guns as the tag team in every single Impact event. No, agreed. I will say, and I've said it a million times on this channel, that Motor City Machine Guns is one of those teams in Impact that'll always be good in any iteration, even them in Time Machine right now. You could put Saban, though, Shelly with Kushida, and it would still be a solid team. Even if all three of them went their separate ways, it would still be a solid um, individual uh, wrestlers. So I'm excited for it. I somehow feel like it's not going to be a one-on-one, -on -one, though. I feel like Trey Miguel is going to weasel it or the let's talk about the systematic oppression of Jonathan Gresham, though, because I feel like Jonathan Gresham is feeling like an afterthought in a lot of these things. And I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't so, like that. Orion Ben sends us a super chat earlier. It says Gresham or speedball, which one gets Macklin's shot first? Uh, so obviously we know PCO gets it, but between Gresham and speedball, I think speedball gets it first. I think Gresham is, poised for a heel turn and impact i don't know again i don't know how much longer his contract is that hasn't been discovered by anybody um but yeah it's uh gresham could be doing more and i think you and i have discussed this on multiple occasions uh -huh. um that being said next week there will be some seeds planted i think that get you a little bit closer to maybe you know putting some things together as to where some people are going to land on the baby face and heel spectrum yeah now that's fair i'll give it time because i do have faith in impact to always tell a decent story with most people you know what i mean it's just that for me gresham is kind of falling into the area where um not Ace Austin, Chris Bay was, and kind of where Rich Swan was, where it's like, you're really good, and you come so close, so close, and you're just losing. And yeah, he got one over on Speedball, but I will say this, Speedball right now is on a tear, and I am. this is becoming a Speedball stand account, because I think no matter where he wrestles, what he does, he's absolutely phenomenal, and this is his year. I mean, I would, I would not be surprised if if let's say Macklin does have a short run, if it's not speedball taking it off of him, I don't know how that's going to work with Nick Aldis around, but you know, I would like to watch it. I would like to see how that's going to transpire. <laughs> Go back and get uh, some info on Nick Aldis from Steven Jensen on the rebellion post show. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Gia Miller's backstage with Santino Morella. Santino is like, I'm here to slice with a sword of justice. And it doesn't, he doesn't rule out having more matches. Uh, and then Alicia Edwards, walks in, runs in, and she's like, what are you going to do about PCO? What are you going to do about PCO? I lost the match. And then this is my favorite, and I don't think anyone gets this unless they're like either over a certain age or they listen to Christopher. Uh, Santino calls Lish Delisha. 
And I don't know if you know the song. I, I, I doubt you do. I don't think anybody knows the song. It's called Patricia the Stripper. It's a song I'm like, old, but I'm not that old. Have you heard of the song Lady in Red? Yes. Yeah, so that's Krista Berg. It's the same same singer. So he has a second song that people mostly know. It's called Patricia the Stripper. And they call Patricia Delicia. Anyway. I see. It's great marketing. I, I see. I'm putting eight and two together and getting five. Yeah, good song. It's a very ragtag song. Anyway, uh, so so... So Santino calls her Delicia, and I'm like 99.9% .9 sure that it's a Krista Berg reference. And then Santino's like, oh, you don't want to be late for your match. And then she's like, wait, what do you mean by match? And so she runs off, and Gia's like, did she really have a match? She's like, she does now, which it was fun. It was cute. It was fine. And then in walks our favorite Johnny Swinger, the swingman himself. And Zicky dies like, wow, 50 matches to win, daddy. And then we can't, and then Santino's like, we can't keep feeding the roster and allocating resources to tickle your fancy. And then Zicky's like, no, I got a guy and I can cover his pay. I'll cover his trans. I'll do anything you need. We just, we got him and he's going to be the guy. And then they're like, all right, fine. You do it. You pay for it. We'll do it. And that's fine. Uh, so what do they do? They say back to old dungeon and it's going to be Zicky dice next week, bringing in someone for Johnny Swinger. And by the way, it's really, really friggin' good. I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's it's gonna start <sighs> something fun. You leaned in close, and I thought you were gonna spoil it, and I got excited for a moment. I ain't gonna spoil that shit. No way. Y'all can read the spoilers on on if you want, but I'm not gonna be the one to spoil it. That would suck. I don't wanna, I don't wanna read spoilers. Then don't wait until next week. It's gonna be good stuff. I want it now. I'm impatient. TS can't do that. Deanna, oh, do you want to do you want to talk about the segment with with Santino and Lish and, and Zicky and all them? Or is, I can't, is the moment? Whoa, well, what what is there to talk about? <laughs> I mean, like Lish's gear is cute in the upcoming match. Oh I no! Mean, uh, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I like to listen. I'm here for a 2000s all jean moment with the cheeks out. I liked her gear. I thought it was cute. Listen, there is a special place in hell, Cresta, for someone who wears denim capris and denim shooter boots, okay? Denim assless chap capris. Okay. I have a horrible joke for you. Are you ready? Absolutely. Hit me. What is Mario's favorite clothing to wear? I got it. Go for it. Denim, denim, denim. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're I'll be welcome. To host next week. So if anyone wants, <laughs> just send me a DM. Diana uh, Barraza, who, by the way, uh, was a guest on In the Weed, the new show that Jeremy Lambert and I are hosting over on Fightful Overbooked every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern until noon. Uh, she was on the show literally the morning after she won the Knockouts World Championship. So that was fun. Uh, really had a good time talking with her. You can find the interview in its entirety on youtube.com slash Fightful or go over and subscribe to Fightful Overbook right now. You can see the full show. Tomorrow, Joshua Bishop's going to be joining us. He's got a match with uh, Matt Cardona, with, hey. Steph, with Steph Delander and Fonzie in his corner. No, ECW manager oh. of the stars, Fonzie. I wish it was the Fonz. That'd be great. I'm like, that's that's wild. <laughs> Josh Bishop will be with us uh, probably around noon. And then, of course, uh, Kaylee and or Kylie, sorry, Kylie and or Haley from Tag Talk uh, are going to be with us as well in the morning. So come and hang out with us uh, over on Fightful Overbooked, 10 a.m. to noon every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Deanna, 
has a segment pre-tape good stuff um she says the age of the virtuosa defined an era but that era is over a new era has risen to take its place gilded in the forge of the future welcome to the new age of the virtuosa here's the thing cresta it looked good it sounded good it made no sense it made perfect sense tell me she said you thought you knew who i was before and what did i do before I break bitches' arms. So Jim now, Taylor. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> gotcha. So now that age is over. I'm no longer just breaking bitches' arms. I'm tapping you out, then I'm breaking your arm. It's a new, it's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. This was not. This made no sense. It was beautifully shot, but it just made no sense. Don't worry. The follow-up doesn't make much sense either it, tonight. Like, I mean, on tonight's show with the coven. We'll talk about that. Uh, in yeah, a I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So so here's one thing that, that's worth it from the interview that Diana did with us, is that she confirmed exactly what we had talked about during our Fightful Rebellion post-show. And that is the idea that Diana Perrazzo is a babyface. She said it. She's like, I'm a good guy now. She said that in the interview. And that's one of the reasons why, for instance, you won't see her and Steve Macklin on screen together. They were never paired up before. She said that was an impact decision to not be in each other's world, cross-pollinate and all that stuff. They want to keep them apart. So in impact tradition or impact lore, uh, Deanna Perrazzo and Steve Macklin are not together. They don't know each other other than they live and breathe the same company air, but they don't work together. Or they work together, but they don't work together. They don't, you know, they don't pass don't cross. Yeah, their paths don't cross. So instead, she's a baby face now. So they're definitely not going to be crossing paths anytime soon because they are not going to be turning Steve Macklin into a baby face anytime oh. soon. Oh, after this aggressively American promo at the end, I will say this Diana Perrazzo is one of those people in impact that She's to me, she's Seth Rollins level of over. She could be out there, she could spit on someone, and people would be like, you know what? That's fair. We like you, Diana Perrazzo. We like you. Like, she's over. So I feel like turning her baby face is the best bet, but she could still be a jerk. And I could I would still hear impact cheer for her. Yeah, exactly. And for now, I she's she's beloved, she's come a long way. People want to cheer her, so why fight that tide? And there are plenty, yeah. there are plenty of heels in impact. Oh, yeah, there'll be more. And there will be more coming to uh, face her for that championship. So, with that in mind, out comes Alicia Edwards, and she's got a match against Tara Rising, uh, who also faced Jody Threat in her debut match. Uh, Tara Rising is also known as Taylor Rising on the Independence in Toronto. Uh, she's a good wrestler. She's a really solid wrestler. It was really good to see her back, not only at a wrestling show that I've been at, but also on mm -hmm. Impact TV. Uh, simple match. Lish gets the win over Taylor. Uh, sorry, Tara, as she's known in Impact. And then Lish goes to beat down Tara Rising a bit more, and then out comes Jody Threat. She makes the save. And one thing that I did enjoy, Cresta, is that commentary talked about something that you and I have talked about, and that is the awkwardness at the Edwards's home during the Honor No More days. <laughs> what a weird... Okay, before I forget, is her name a play on Tara Rising? Because that's what I understood. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm like terrorizing. You're a funny girl. You're a very funny girl. <laughs> um, 
This match was fine. It was over when I, I did this and then it was over. Um, Jody Threat is a very thick woman. I would not want to be on the receiving end of a Jody Threat beatdown. So, Violet. Uh, she, she got them bolder shoulders. And oh, I didn't yeah. mean that with like the utmost respect. She is. She's very well put together. She's very good at this. Um, we're about to talk about a segment backstage where it wasn't her best, but let's just get to it now. Uh, Jody threatened terrorizing her backstage, and Tara thanks Jody for helping her out and getting her out of that situation. Jody's like, I hate, hate you know seeing people get taken advantage of. Lish will get hers, and then it was just very awkward. It wasn't very well acted, uh-huh. but Cresta, here's the thing. Jody, this is Jody's first TV national contract in wrestling. Uh, remember when we started this whole show, we started talking about Giselle Shaw not yes. really getting it when it came to the acting skills. Look at her now. Yeah, yeah. The no, reps, absolutely. The reps will come. This is awkward now, but like this is how it's going <laughs> to Jody is just getting her footing. She's going to keep getting better. She's going to continue to learn and continue to grow as an actor and as a wrestler too, because God knows like nobody's perfect on their first time in. So uh, as much as people are expecting her to come in and light everything on fire, plenty of time. She's going to do great, but uh, not, not her best outing on this particular segment. No, I agree. I agree. It was a, to me, it was one of those, I'm new baby face. I don't like bullies. Yay. And like you said, Giselle Shaw is a perfect example. I think in about three months time, she's going to be, Jody Threat is going to be the the worst in the best way. You know what I mean? She's going to be giving us bangers matches with like Masha Slamovich, uh, Jordan Grace. I could see all of that in her future. So I'm excited. I mean, as awkward as it was, I'm still kind of excited. Because like I said, that's a that's a meaty woman. I can't wait. (laughs) There's a lot of upside to Jody, and that's why you sign somebody like her because mm-hmm. she is going to get such an opportunity out of this as long as she gets, uh, as long as she she makes the most of them, and that's great. Yeah. Got to see the vision. Yeah, exactly. So let's move on. Oh, by the way, I'm not looking so much forward to watching her try to act with Alicia Edwards because that's. <laughs> Listen, the same noise you just made is the same noise I make every time The Miz comes on my screen. Miz is an amazing <laughs> actor. How dare you? I All right, Joel. I, listen, I have to deal with this with my little brother because he's a Miz fan, but I don't. Re- respectfully, I think he's great coming from the real world into this, but now I don't. I mute the TV. <laughs> wow. Anyway, get your super chats in and tell Cresta how wrong she is about The Miz. Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, Moose versus Yuya Yumura. When I saw this live, I was like, well, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Big man, little man. Uh, Brian Myers is with Moose. Bupinder Gujar is with Yuya. Of course, these guys all were together in that hardcore war at Rebellion. So it made sense. It was fine. And um, yeah, by the way, they're pointing out in, the, in the, the chat that Jody Threat is a Josh Alexander student, which is true. And that's great. So again, great wrestler. And she's just going to you know, get better. She's going to blossom. She's, she's a little rosebud. She's going to bloom real soon. Yeah. So anyway, back to Yuya and Moose, Uh good little match. They're back to pushing Yuya as a member of the new Japan roster, which has me thinking that maybe Yuya is starting to move back towards new Japan pro wrestling soon. Uh, we'll find out either way. There's a, a really good giant belly to back suplex from Yuya off the 
middle rope on Moose. Mm. And then Myers distracts the ref after Yuya hits a crossbody on Moose. Gujar takes out Myers. Moose spears Yuya. He gets the win. There we are. Anything to add about Moose beating Yuya Yumura? Kupinder Gujar is the worst person to have on the ringside. Brian Myers was meddling all in that match, and Gujar only helped one time. I like Gujar, but bruh, you gotta help. You, I, I understand your baby face, but you, you gotta help. Come on, what, what are you out there for to observe? <laughs> I thought Gujar was turning tonight, or at least on Monday night when I when I saw it. I had it in my notes. Gujar beats down Yuya Yamura, and that's how the segment ends. But that clearly not how it happens. You know, the only reason I thought it was that way was because he didn't do anything all match until he got involved with Myers. And also he was doing the brooding, wearing a black leather biker jacket. And like, he didn't look like Bupinder Gujar normally looks on impact wrestling. Uh, I've seen him work once as a heel and he worked really well. Did Gujar. He had a match with Silesia Sparks, who also will be uh, on TV next week. uh, Oh, period. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll spoil this now. Jody Thread has a match next week, and it's with Silesia Sparks, uh, who's been on AEW Dark. So, so I'll say that because that's not really giving away anything ma- massive. Anyway, um, yeah, the the point I was trying to make here was that uh, Gujar and Sparks had a match where Gujar ended up being the heel. He didn't want to fight Sparks because he was like, I don't want to fight a girl. I'm much bigger than you. And he ended up becoming like a big heel midway in the match. And then like you could see it coming out. It was really mm-hmm. good stuff. So um, he has it in him, but they're not pulling the trigger yet. Okay. I didn't see that. So now I'm going to keep my eyes on it, especially if he's on TV next week. Um, but I just I just thought he was doing the baby face thing of, well, I'm not going to stoop to your level and metal either. But it's like, bro, like you can at least beat up Brian Myers, who's really – he's that annoying kid who you're telling, like, yo, don't taste any of the food while I'm cooking. And you turn around, and their hand is, like, in the – like, yo, bro, like, do something. Do something. <laughs> no, and I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see that soon, but I know that there is place for Gujar as a heel in Impact. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it'll happen, but I can see it going down. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Jimmy Jacobs interviewing Nick Aldis. I don't know why they had Jacobs do it and not Gia Miller, but – I'm assuming it has something to do with Jim, with uh, Nick Aldis's past uh, in wrestling. Anyway, uh, Nick Aldis comes out and he's like, let me int- reintroduce myself, essentially. Says, you know, uh, I was 21 with nothing but potential and a very bad gimmick. I spent six years swimming with the deadliest sharks in the industry, working through every spot on the cards in the main event and the world championship. Very, like, just every wrestling platitude you can think of. Mm-hmm. Nick Aldis hit it tonight. Uh, it's kind, it was kind of cheesy. And then he says he hadn't hit his full potential by the time he won his first world championship. So he went away and learned a few new holds, which is very much like inside baseball wrestling talk. I, I don't know why we're doing this. He's basically talking about going to the NWA and holding that title for way too long. And then he says, I got my sights set on Steve Macklin. Um, and then when Jimmy Jacobs asks if he'll be attending the changing of the guard, he says, no, uh, that's the champion's prerogative was to not have anyone at ringside. I respect that, but I'll be watching. What do you think of Nick Aldis's first appearance in his new role at impact? What was his bad gimmick? Brutus Magnus. I heard that name a million times and I'm in on, in theory, that name sounds cool, but it could also air on the side of incredibly corny. It is. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm happy Nick Aldis found a place. I think Nick Aldis being on TV, on regular wrestling television, uh-huh. is a good thing. I didn't think he would fit in in the Impact, sorry, in the AEW world because uh-huh. I, I said this on on uh, in the weeds with Jeremy. He is British Cody Rhodes. Adrenaline in my hole, Nick Aldis, British Cody Rhodes. So the point is, they both wear three piece suits. They both love to talk their weird, you know, platitudinal game. And, you know, anything Cody does, Nick does it with a British accent. And that's fine. It's fine. It's not for me, but it also wouldn't have worked in AEW. He would have worked in AEW. telling me all these things that are putting Nick Aldis. I love Cody, bro. Like, I like Nick Aldis. I like him more now. (laughs) So Aldis is trying to be like this, this kind of like throwback guy mm-hmm. he's trying to be the wrestler of old brother brother and like that worked in the nwa because that's what billy corgan was trying to present impact is not trying to present their as much as they like celebrate the past of impact mm-hmm. they don't do brother brother very much and the the way they do it right now is like hi, scotch and hyler scotch no hotch and skyler you got this <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> scotch scotch and skyler <laughs> anyway the good hands uh who are very much a like making fun of the throwback brother brother days mm-hmm. so i don't know where nick aldis fits in 2023 impact wrestling that's really what i'm getting at i think he fits in wrestling i don't know how he fits in this company I think Impact has one of the unique abilities to have a a thing for everyone. I think that that old school throwback bravado can work because we have an undead room. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) there's a little bit of everything for every speedball and Josh Alexander you have a crazy Steve, Black Taurus, Johnny Swinger. And they they all have in common that they're phenomenal wrestlers, but they're at the different ends of the wrestling spectrum. And People quite often in Impact go from ha-ha, jokey, joke, joke to I'm super serious and vice versa. So, you know, I think that I I can't think of anyone else besides Moose to an extent and Joe Hendry to an extent who has that I am the wrestler and ah, I, I get that from Nick Aldis. So I could see that. I, I see what you mean, but I think Impact has very much a place for it. Nick not Nick Aldis. Impact is the home of wayward wrestling friends. You're all welcome. We're all family, like Olive Garden. We're all family here. But do we have to be? I mean, you don't have to sit at the same end of the table with Scott DeBoer, who you haven't seen in 12 years. You sit on my end of the table. We not even, we didn't even make it. We're cleaning up the table after everyone ate. <laughs> Daddy, let's return my phone calls. We're the kids under the stairs. We're in the cupboard. <laughs> We're just yucking up a storm. Uh, Dobby the Breen Hayden sends us a super chat saying, agreed on all this being British Cody. I do like how much in a short promo, Nick Aldis can build up the prestige of the world title. He looks the part too. 
A hundred percent. I will never disparage the uh-huh. way Nick Aldis and Cody, for that matter, come to work. They want to be the guy. They want to dress and look the part of a bit of that throwback guy. You know, that's that's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I'm fine with that. I know. I also know that Macklin could also be that guy if you want him to dress up in a suit and tie and do that gimmick. But for now, Aldis being like super white meat baby face to take on Steve Macklin in a, in a few months. Yeah, I can build to that. I'm fine with that and make the title more prestigious. If Nick Aldis is willing to take an L to Steve Macklin, then I think that also builds the prestige of the Impact title because guess who's held that title? Nick Aldis. True. So why not go that way? Anyway, let's keep going. I mentioned the good hands. Well, Hodge and Skyler have a match, a two-on-one against Frankie Kazarian. This match is quick. It's fun. It's fine. Uh, They come out, the good hands do. They call the... uh, people in the crowd moronic canadians we witnessed kazarian assault hotch and skyler and they were they weren't even participants in hardcore war at rebellion and that's what they're talking about so they challenge kazarian to two on one match because they don't care where kaz is from or what he's done because this house was built by two good hands brother Anyway, Skyler has Hotch in a figure four and somehow package pins Hotch for two in the middle of the match. I love that stuff. That is good, funny shit. And then Kazarian gets Hotch to tap out to the chicken wing, which like he teased a bunch of times throughout the match. I don't have anything to add to it because good hands just look dumb and Frankie Kazarian got a statement win. Imagine losing to Frankie Kazarian 2v1. Frankie Kazarian is a phenomenal, phenomenal wrestler. I'm not disparaging that, but I'm just saying, imagine talking all of that smack. Imagine losing 2v1 to Frankie Kazarian, whose finisher is a submission. So that means he beat up one of you so bad that you were incapacitated, that you couldn't at least jump on the other one. Wow. I mean, where's where's your Uncle Bully? He couldn't help you cheat? 2v1? Woof. I mean, stupid is not the word. I was sports entertained for that mere fact that Frankie Kazarian is your hip uncle who has a sports car with a nice tan. Hanging out with Chris Saban and Alex Shelley at wrestling school. <laughs> I don't think we'll be seeing Bully for the foreseeable future. Done. I'm thinking we're done or at least done until the next pay-per-view cycle, not Impact Special. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, I'm fine with that. Let him take a big break. Even if he doesn't come back, that's fine too. But like, just to be supportive, just to be like, like again, I, um, I really liked what he did with Josh. We talked mm-hmm. about this a long time ago with, with the hard to kill uh, hardcore war. As much as I hated the busted open Island stuff, uh, there was, there was some brightness in the bully. Yo, that match was pretty good. All things considered the hardcore, the last one that did, I was kind besides the cheese grater spot. I was fairly sports entertained. I was going into it. I hated it, hated it, but the match itself was good. I'm just saying Skylar and Hotch right now, you look ridiculous. <laughs> That's fair. Good jobbers is what they are. Uh, let's talk about the coven. They're they're pulling out tarot cards. This is the hour. Ours is the magic. Our is the power. Long live the coven. The cards say something new is coming, a new wholeness, a new balance. They called Diana Perrazzo a fraud and a virtuosa of nothing. It's the dawning of the age of Aquarius. And I love this. Kylan King says, harmony and understanding, bitches. <laughs> I liked it, but they're wrong. This is Taurus season from April 20th to May 20th. So I'm a little appalled that they would get this wrong. 
I mean, the heart of the cards, you know, there's no useless cards in my grandfather's deck. Shout out to my Yu-Gi-Oh! watchers. Uh, <laughs> but like, it was a weird segment to me. Does that mean the coven is, I thought the coven's getting a third person. That's what I took it as. But then why are you beefing with Deanna Perrazzo? You, you, leave that woman alone. Deanna's first title defense is next week against Taylor Wilde. That's all she I'm going to say. She's about to get a wild whooping. <laughs> I like that. It's good. Keep that one for next week because it's, it's going to be good. Uh, no, there, there's, there's some storytelling involved. But we'll get there next week. Uh, Sammy Callahan's back. Calls himself the puppet master of pro wrestling. Says he'll play the long game to prove a point. Crest the star. What fucking long game did Sammy Callahan play when he took the design, as he says, from the inside out from the inside, which he really didn't do? He played the I got a free haircut game. <laughs> and even then, he's like, I had seven steps of my own. Shave my head. That's just another Thursday. And I'm like, if you get your haircut once a week, my God, that's expensive. $40 just to cut my hair off because Damn. I want it even? Come on, man. This is why I have a mustache that I could glue on and off because highway robbery. <laughs> about to pay someone else to do it. So Sammy's like, Destroy the designer steps through two through seven, essentially. Mm. And I'm like, this is a lazy plan because it didn't really work. It didn't even work. <laughs> the designer in action next week against Ace of Bays. <laughs> so, like, clearly, they're getting cheated out the boots. <laughs> clearly, they're fine. I mean, the design lost. It, it's just this weird, like, Sammy's crazy and he thinks he did a thing, but really, he did nothing. He wasted our time for three months. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> ha! That's and not we, nice, Joel. We'll be sat here week after week being like, what's going to happen? And like some weeks we were like, oh, maybe he'll join and it'll be a thing for a while. But like towards the end, we were like, nah, never mind. He's going to turn and that's the match. And that's what happened. And like Sammy's like, I want to ruin your lives now. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm like, you already ruined our lives by making us watch the seven step plan and nothing happened. All I'm saying is I'm hoping for more. You better do Diener versus Sammy in like a clockwork orange match. That's the only way that I'm going to be okay with this. Do something, do a really brutal deathmatch style thing. You know what? I hear you. At first, but beyond the shock value of you just being a mean Canadian, I hear you. <laughs> I am mean. I will say this. I think that the problem with the whole Sammy Cal, it was the will he, won't he situation. And it's okay to work us. That's why we watch wrestling. We watch wrestling to get worked. That's what we tune in every week for. But I will say that it was left feeling a lot flatter. So now we're going to get Sammy Callahan terrorizing the design. Historically speaking, that didn't work. You got beat up for three weeks straight. And then you say, I got tired of getting beat up. Let me join you guys. And now what? We're back at square one. So this this tag team title shot y'all got coming up next week, he's coming out with a bat. You guys are getting cheated out of your boots. Like, that's happening. You guys are totally getting cheated. But it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I get what you're saying. Like, it feels like a big old waste of time in the grand scheme of things. It's going to continue, and that's fine. The match with Ace of Bays in the design is a non-title match. 
So it's not uh, like this is a tag. Oh, they're still getting cheated out of their boots. Sammy Callahan oh. is still coming down to cheat them out their boots. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what happened. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I'm not going to tell you you're right. You're Miss Cleo. You've seen it already. I seen it. And for, for $4.99, if you send me the super chat, I will tell you what happened. I won't be. Hold on. I won't be listening. <laughs> Just hit your mute button. Anyway. Let's move on. Uh, Joe Hendry takes on Sheldon Jean. By the way, I did not realize that Sheldon Jean is from my hometown of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And I also didn't know that Sheldon Jean, who we've spoken about on this show, was on pre-pandemic Big Brother Canada. Yeah, which, I don't watch Big Brother, but the way they made it sound like he only didn't win because of the good old Pico de Gallo. And they were like, well, we're not giving you the money because you didn't technically lose. You didn't technically win either. But he lost. He got evicted. He was the last house guest evicted before they canceled the season. But then who was left in the house? A bunch of other people because he was evicted oh. week four. Oh, girl, bye. What are you talking about? <laughs> you lost. Bye, girl. When I heard it, for, so they obviously they didn't tell us about this at the tapings like the way that they that commentary explains it but like joe hendry in his promo mentioned like you were on canadian big brother you only lasted four weeks and then he says you know the crowd can last forever in hendry's house if you believe and i was like okay this is really cool now i want to talk to sheldon gene about his time on big brother canada especially now that i know it's pandemic big brother canada let's do that with all that in mind mm-hmm. I was like, are we really going to lean into this that hard? That Sheldon Jean's gimmick and impact is that he is a big brother contestant? Because if he is, or if they are, I want him and Kenny King to be in a tag team because Kenny King's claim to fame is being on The Bachelor and a Chippendales dancer, but mostly The Bachelor part. He was The Bachelor? Like he was the guy that all the girls were fighting for? I think one season he was The Bachelor and then he brought back again for a bachelorette. I think he started on Bachelorette and he left because he wanted to go home to his daughter. And then I think they brought him back again for a Bachelor season. Where he was, the, like, people were fighting over Kenny King. Good looking man, that Kenny King. I, I, okay, I realize the way I'm saying it. <laughs> I realize the way I'm saying it. <laughs> I don't be, You know what? The, the, the chicken was lovely. <laughs> I realize I'm so sorry, Kenny King. You're very handsome. That's not what I meant. Wow. <laughs> blocked. I'm going to go to his Twitter. It's like, you've been blocked. <laughs> okay. So, Kenny was on season 13 of The Bachelorette in 2017. He pulled himself out of the competition in ninth place because he wanted to be with his daughter. And then in 2018, he was a part of Bachelor in Paradise on the fifth season. That's real cute. That's real cute. Yeah. Good for you. I hope you found love. He did not. He's still openly dating in Vegas and LA. So there's that. There you <laughs> go, know. girls. Oh, no. Maybe he said he had a girl. Okay, listen to his interview on, on the sessions with Renee Paquette. They just dropped that one today. Period. And- Anyway, Kenny King and Sheldon Jean to be in a tag team, and they should call themselves the reality stars. Uh they come out. It's a, this is a digital media championship match. Uh, this was a, a solid match. Again, Sheldon Jean looked good, had a good half kick or a good uh, calf kick that took Henry down. And then his selling, Sheldon Jean is just really on top of things. He's good. He's solid. He's young. I look forward to watching him get more reps and impact and elsewhere. Uh, I've seen him at Greektown Wrestling in Toronto. So there's definitely um, 
There's definitely some steam behind Sheldon Jean, which is great. And then Hendry wins with the standing ovation. Crowd was split. They wanted to see their Canadian do well, but obviously they were very much behind Joe Hendry. Uh, anything you want to add about this match? I love Joe Hendry. Match of the night. 87 stars in the Tokyo Dome. I'm going to just make sure I check my um my notes. No. My notes literally say Hendry's house. Is that like the swingers dungeon? It's pretty, it's pretty swinging house. So Hendry's house is here. And like the bat cave, Swingers Dungeon is here. And underneath Swingers Dungeon is the undead realm. And underneath that is Russell House. <laughs> oh man, Russell House is gonna be poised to make a comeback anytime now. I hope never. Uh <laughs> next week on the show, Masha Slamovich and Jordan Grace. The design take on Ace of Bays is non-title. And then for the knockout title, it's Deanna Perrazzo versus Taylor Wilde. And I've already given it away. Uh, Jody Threat takes on Silesia Sparks uh, in a match that I saw a month before it happened on Impact at Greektown Wrestling. So well, Greektown Wrestling is like, we, we test kitchen for Impact. So Channing Decker, who is the owner and proprietor of Greektown Wrestling and the current Greektown Wrestling champion, has a match on BTI, I assume, next week against Kenny King. And it is a very good match. And that's not me who like is is a fan of Greektown and, and Channing. Uh -huh. It is it is objectively a very good match. These two guys do it really well. So I do recommend watching BTI next week if that's the match that they're showing. Um, but yeah, it, the promotion that they use, the photo that they use from Channing Decker was from like 2017 when he was like fresh-faced young boy. <laughs> was just now he's like, like a haggard old man. <laughs> Well, now he's like, so they, he had like short hair. It was very uh, ROH because he did work ROH back then. Mm. And now he's like, he's Mr. Hardcore now. Like he's gone to Japan and like done death matches. Most of his title defenses are hardcore matches. Oh, <laughs> he wears, he wears the, the Japanese bandana like Onita. And he has like spaghetti stringy fucking curly hair. Like he doesn't, he's got a beard. He doesn't look the way he does in that promotional photo. I had a, such a good laugh with him over this. But go watch the match, Kenny King and Channing Decker. That's probably next week on uh, on BTI. So good stuff. Uh, that's next week. Yeah. Let's talk about the main event segment. The changing of the guard with Steve Macklin and friends. So they've got the American flags all over the screen. Of course, we're in Toronto, so we didn't really love that. Uh, Macklin is flanked by a bunch of men wearing army fatigue. Uh, he has red, white, and blue streamers thrown at him when he gets to the ring. The crowd chanting is paper champion. They're chanting walking weapon. And we want Josh as Josh Alexander. And then I don't know if this made the air, but he starts off by, by starting the promo in February of 2021. Did he get cut off and then have to start again in this airing or did they, he get went right through it? He went right through it. Okay. Live. He didn't even get that first line out. He was booed so hard. Wait, actually, 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 actually. I think he said it and then paused because they were booing the fuck out of him. Okay, so maybe, so I'll have to go back and watch that because if that's what yeah. they did, then they didn't edit it out and they shouldn't because the heat on him was really good. Yeah. So he says, you know, February 2021, uh, I was, my back again was against the wall. I had to figure out who I am, who I wanted to become, who I should be. Not too long after that impact gave me a chance. They gave me an opportunity and I kicked the door down. And uh, said Josh Alexander did the same thing at the same time. He had the longest reign as Impact Wrestling World Champion in history. They're chanting "Walking Weapon" again as the crowd. Uh, at one point, by the way, they're chanting. They're 
chanting Channing Decker, which also made me laugh. You can't hear it because they cut that part out. <laughs> Damn, they said, nope, you will not do this. We like a good joke, but you're taking it too far. <laughs> they let him go. And he's like, I now I have the title. I have all the glory. And while nobody else saw what I was doing, I'm now the Impact World Champion. He says, my mission is still incomplete because there's one step left, and that's to beat Josh Alexander in his hometown, in his home country, and where the crowd was already embarrassed for him, and I was going to embarrass him again, yada, yada, yada. And he says, this is an open invitation, an open challenge to anybody in the building, as long as you're Canadian. He runs down the crowd, which was really good stuff. I really he would have to fight a child. He would have, too. That's the best part. He would have fought a child. I would have fought a child, too. There were some children there that I was like, Put up a Dukes. You heard it here first, guys. Joel's a child puncher. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. No, I can't. I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> anyway, so Scott Demore comes out. Uh, big, big pop from the crowd, and of course, uh, he says, "You know, oh, you're stupid to step aside so I can get into the, my own ring." And then Macklin's like, "That's American hospitality, Scott." <laughs> I mean, sounds about right. I come into as an American. I know my history. We show up places, say, this is a nice place you got. It's now mine. And these are now my rules on your land. So get into it. It is the American way. <laughs> exactly. So Scott Demore is just like, yeah, you want to talk about opportunities? Let's not forget who gave you these opportunities, son, he says. And I'm just like, son, I'm right here. You never acknowledged me. Anyway. I mean, you weren't a forgotten son, and that's the problem. Good. I mean, technically you are. I am by Scott, yes. Uh, so Scott Demore says, I've always known you have what it takes to be a world champion, and you are. Congratulations. Problem is, you change your history to fit your narrative. Do you want to humiliate my country with this open challenge, or are you doing all of this just to duck Nick Aldis? Oh. And of course, we hadn't seen Nick Aldis. We didn't know where he was because we didn't see that Nick Aldis segment in the audience. So uh -huh. we thought maybe they were going to bring him out, but that's clearly not what they do. Macklin's like, no, everything I do is with purpose. That includes retreating. That's all tactical. And you got Macklin just trying to goad Scott Demore into a title. And then he says, when did you trade your balls for that headset? And I, and I could laugh at that one. That's he was baiting the hell out of him. Like, that's bait. Yeah, he just kept going. And Scott Demore's like, there are days where I'd love to trade a suit for a singlet, but those days are over. I shouldn't have thrown the belt in your face at Rebellion. You had every opportunity to face me. You did nothing. You did what you always do. You hit me in the back like a coward in your cowardly SOB. Says, I've made mistakes, but I merely, rarely make the same one twice. It's standing here face to face. You want to run your mouth. You want to face a Canadian at Under Siege. I have the perfect Canadian, perfect creation one. It'll be Steve Macklin and PCO at Under Siege. PCO comes out, beats down the army, guys. They do a numbers advantage thing with Macklin. They set up a table. PCO fights out of it. Yada, yada, yada. PCO puts two guys through an army, two army guys through a table. Macklin retreats. Macklin PCO in London, Ontario on May 26th. What do we think of this segment, Cresta Star? Because now we're here. I said it at the top when we transitioned. I'll say it now. Wah, wah. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds mean. But it's my opinion. And opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one, and a lot of them are shitty. So this is my opinion. I feel like I like PCO. He's great. But I feel like with the heat of Macklin taking it off of Josh, regardless of the circumstances, the only like him being aggressively, violently American, the only thing more American is if he played the Hulk Hogan theme coming down the damn ramp. You know what I mean? So 
I feel like there's another Canadian, like an up and comer that you can put the eyes on because I think it's inevitable. Ace Austin. I think it's inevitable that whoever it is is going to lose. You know what I mean? And that's okay. That is okay. But the rub that you would get from Steve Macklin, superb. 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's just an, uh, not to say that it's annoying. I just feel like, like, again, there's a better use of both men's time. And again, I know PCO, even, even if you were already going to lose, you're about to get cheated out your boots by Edward Edwards. How did I just, how did you just beat me up and now you get a title shot? That's not happening. I don't care if you're Canadian. I'm from Boston and people from Boston are rude if you don't know. It's true. They are. They're the worst. Uh, a true, like a true New Yorker. I don't know why we hate each other. We just do. <laughs> uh, so, so let me let me address a few things. <clears throat> First thing I'm going to say is, uh, you've got Steve Macklin is a brand new champion. He, in the eyes of many people, have not earned that championship yet. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll listen because I I think he has over. If you've been watching Impact, like you know, you know, you and I, but over the past year. But it's one I thing to chase. it's one thing to chase. It's another thing to hold the title and be True. the guy and deal with the pressures of being a champion. And again, everything I'm about to say, by the way, is it within the confines of kayfabe and within the the writing mm-hmm. of a professional wrestling show? People are just like they book the show. A, but instead of saying they book the show, think about it like you're writing a damn TV show. Macklin is a new champion. He doesn't have the pressures known yet. This is new. PCO is an established talent. He's Canadian, but also like he's been around for a long time and he's, he's scary in a lot of ways. I had a guy at the impact show at rebellion who had never watched an impact show live. And he's like, what, what's the deal with PCO? And I said, picture a guy who hates his body and takes it out on others. Stop it, Joel. (laughs) But it's true. PCO is that guy. PCO will do anything to hurt somebody, including putting his body on the line. And as a result, people really respect him or like him for that in the wrestling kayfabe world. Mm. He's also scary because you don't know what he's going to do. So if you have big, scary guy going up against Steve Macklin, who is new champion, trying to be tested, and also PCO is Canadian, so that helps because you're going to be in Canada for the show. And Macklin's whole thing right now is, I hate Canada. Sure, cool, fine. Uh, This is the right guy for him because, again, we know PCO is going to lose. That's fine. Okay, because fair. PCO is not a credible champion, but he is a credible challenger. So the idea here is that we're building Macklin as a credible champion who can beat people and not just look like he wrestles with the title around his waist. That's fair. I like that explanation. Can you imagine if PCO wins? <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. I'm fine with it. Let's go. Oh, I love, you know, I love a good chaotic option. Whatever's the most chaotic option, I want to see it. I want to see it. <laughs> and like, I mentioned this before. Um, oh my God. There's a, there was a show recently that I was thinking of. Oh, you know what it is? It, it's NXT. It's the spring break show that they're doing this mm-hmm. coming Tuesday. That, you know, compare that to what they're about to do at Under Siege. The undercard is going to be better than the main event on paper. But And we know that on NXT, Grayson Waller is not going to win the NXT championship. This is Carmelo Hayes' first big challenge, and it's Grayson Waller. Waller is credible in that he has been around for a while and he talks a big game, but no one expects him to win. Everyone expects Waller to lose and for Hayes to start getting 
that championship mentality, that winning mentality. And he builds and he builds and he builds. So that's what we're doing with Macklin and PCO. And then the rest of the card on NXT looks much better than the main event. And people are still going to watch the show. But in Impact, same thing. They got to build a very credible undercard because the main event, yeah, it'll be fun. But like, there's no question in our mind who's going to win. That's fair. I'm just thinking too, because again, this is a speedball stand account. Is it speedball Canadian? Yeah, it's from Quebec. It doesn't count. But also, you got to build speedball elsewhere. Having speedball just have the first title defense after he just lost a title shot doesn't make any sense. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Also, what did Quebec do to you? That wasn't nice. Look up 1995 in Quebec and you'll you'll hear all about the separatist party. We <laughs> actually what was really funny was uh, Speedball at one point during a wrestling show. I think it was Mania Weekend or just before it. Oh no, it was <laughs> you know what it was? Speedball was wrestling for a local Montreal promotion with IWS. It was a, they're, they're a Montreal promotion. They were taking on a GCW contingent. And Speedball made a reference to like loving, not just not loving Canada, but saying Quebec is awesome. Cause I think people were booing him. It's a whole thing. I, I tweeted it out, but anyway, Quebec is not great. They're fine. They're not great. I feel like this is a New York, Boston situation. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Yeah. There were Boston sucks chance at rebellion and they were right. I mean, again, as a New Yorker, I think it has something to do with baseball before, before, uh, I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> anyway, that was Impact for April 20th, 2023. Uh, show was fine. It's kind of a, a maintenance coming out of the show show. Uh, mm -hmm. Rebellion was good. And now we got to start planting seeds for next month's uh, Under Siege event. Crest the Star, what you got going on? Um, just going to piggy piggyback off of that. I agree. I think this was a very much a seed sowing episode. It may seem a little slow, but in a week or two, we will see the fruits of our labor and our children will start to sprout out of the wrestling dirt. Um, this is the part where we say goodbye. Okay. My name is Cresta Star. It's been fantastic being here with you guys. You can catch me Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on twitch.tv slash Cresta Star or tiktok.com at Cresta Star. TikTok type in Cresta Star where I watch AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays, Monday Night Raw on Mondays, obviously. And on Fridays, I watch SmackDown and AEW Rampage. Thursdays, I am here with the illustrious, the beautiful, awesome, knowledgeable Joel Pearl and sometimes Steven Jensen. Wow, that sounded mean. The knowledgeable sometimes here is Steven Jensen right after the Ring of Honor post-show. Um, that's it. I'm yuck-yucking it on Twitter where you can see Cresta the star. And I sometimes have a mustache. That's it. Joe Pearl, where can they find you? I'm so tired tonight. I didn't even plug Fightful Select. FightfulSelect.com. Best five bucks in the business. You want Jordan Grace free agency news? It's there. You want to ask Rhapsody? You want to ask Sean questions? You want to ask anybody questions? Go ahead. FightfulSelect.com. Five bucks. Best in the business. Yada, yada. You hear it on all the other shows that you listen to, so I'm not going to show any further. Uh, go to Fightful Overbooked. That's free. Go and subscribe to that channel uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Jeremy Lambert and I do a show called In the Weeds. That's from 10 a.m. Eastern until noon. Tomorrow uh, tomorrow we're going to go a little long, but we're going to have the Tag Talk girls, Kylie and Haley. They're going to be joining us to talk about Elite and uh, BCC from AEW. 
and the Hangman Page contract situation. They're going to talk to us about that. And then Joshua Bishop's going to join us later on in the show to talk about Matt Cardona and the match that he has at AIW against him this weekend. Uh, other than that, I am at Joel Pearl. You can find me anywhere on socials and talk to me there. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers and good night. Bye. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.